People, good evening, good evening, good evening. You already know who it is, man. It's the sexy man. It's the one and only. It's uh, the Arsenio Buck Show, man. Guys, oh boy, um, this boy, I had, you know, the podcast today that I did with David Morrow. It was, it was. What he said about a specific part of his pot, of course, you know, while I was interviewing him, it really resonated with me, but it also disrupted me completely. I don't know what it is that I, I believe that there's something underlying within me that's still bugging me and that's negating something from happening to me. This man is one of the most remarkable beings that I've ever had the opportunity. You know, I've heard stories that made me cry before. You know, Lisa Nichols crying on the Steve Harvey show about a lot of different things uh, that she had to endure when she was a kid. And, you, well, uh, I guess a preteen, a, a late teens and stuff like that. But when he, David Morrill today, when he was talking about being on Mountain Anconcawa out there in Argentina... He said things happen. Now, of course, each mountain represented a pillar. Now, of course, the first mountain represented the pillar of truth, being in the face, in the wake of bare truth. But then, of course, he went down to Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, and he said he said he was surrounded by beautiful, or beauty. And he said, you know, one of the guides were saying, hey, you know what? Look over here. Those thorns right there, if you actually uh, step on it, it will dig deep as deep into your skin to whereas infections will set off and you'll die. Uh, yeah, do you see that flower over there? There's liquid in that flower that can make a man go blind. And, you know, you got all these lines that are out there, you know, right on the, uh, I guess, just right out there just laying down bodies on the ground. And he was like, I was so surrounded by beauty at that given point. That was so dangerous. And he said that's and he talked about the joys. And I'm like, oh my God. So I told him to tell me about he said Aconcawa was one of the hardest ones to go up. Because of course the lightning storms that will pop up, uh the strong winds, he said it was absolutely relentless. And he said Aconcawa represented his father. Now when he was a kid, just as when I was a kid, he went through those pro he went through of course, his father left him, just as my father left me. And he said as he was going up on Konkawa, I think his father, he came probably later in his life, and he's, you know, his father, he had broken up with one of his, you know, his wives, and his father was suffering from dementia. So as David was going up this mountain, he ended up seeing his father. But the thing is, David was his age, his, you know, his age right now, and he saw his father. As a lonely seven-year-old boy with dementia. And this was the hallucination that he had. Because, of course, when you're that high, you know, maybe you hallucinate on all these different mountains. But this one played a pivotal role in him getting over and, you know, letting all that anger go. In terms, you know, in terms of, you know, just making amends meet with himself. And he said he reached out and he put his hand on his father, who was a kid, you know, in this hallucination. And he said some words, and he said, you know what, I'll take care of you, don't worry. And at that specific moment, he reverted back to reality, he was able to go up, go back down, and he began taking care of his father in reality, of course, his father being 20 to 30 years older than him, but his father suffers from dementia. But David had to look within himself to say, you know what? All right, he left me when I was a kid, but I'm going to take care of him now. 
because when I was a kid, I was lonely. But then I just saw my father as a kid during this hallucination because I became the father. And of course, when you get dementia, whoever you're taking care of, you do become the parent of that individual. Pretty remarkable, huh? So then I was writing the blog and when I was thinking about this, I started having these thoughts. And these thoughts, they uh, they started making me, you know, tear up a little. You know, my, my voice started like, you know, getting a little... Uh, it started getting a little... Uh, it started breaking down. And then I just sit, I just sat there in my thoughts for those 10 minutes. looking at, at Just looking at my chair with my hand on my chin saying, Arsenio, is there an underlying problem that's really stopping you from enjoying more than what you're already enjoying right now? Because, man... Back in 2000, my father declared five, uh, four kids, and he stole 5000 U.S. dollars from my mom during the income tax season. That very next year, he stole another 5000 10000 in general. Owes 40000 in child support. He never came back around. He came back around and saw the older ones because he knew those ones were those two individuals who are older, the older brother and sister, that they would give in and say, oh, okay, dad, you you know what? You stole $10,000 from us when we were younger and we really needed that money. But you know what? I'll let you borrow $50 for your drug addiction. You know what I mean? He never came around the young ones, though. And then I told Dave on the podcast, I said, you know what, Dave? He tried adding me on Facebook. He's like, what? I said, yeah, he tried adding me on Facebook. I said, you know what? For him, for me to speak to him, he's going to have to write... And basically, what is it? He's going to have to write and no double space on Microsoft Word, 18 pages, one page for every year he was gone and why he never came back. Now, do I believe that this is stopping me from achieving and, you know, basically anything and everything that's happening in my life? I don't believe that. Um, David, he said when he went to Mount Kilimanjaro, it was the intimacy. It was the pillar of intimacy because he had gone... uh, he had gone through a very horrific uh, divorce and whatnot, and he found another beautiful woman who he is married to today. And, but before that, he was so scared about intimacy because of what had happened before. And so that mountain, Mount Kilimanjaro, uh, ended up enabling him to get over that hump. This is why his story is utterly remarkable, and I've learned so much from that. Because I believe that every pillar represents something in all of our lives. Now, again, I'll retort. Is it something that's really... Is there an underlying problem that's stopping me from becoming a father? I don't know. Um, first, I need a girl to have a goddamn baby with. You know what I mean? Um, all jokes aside. But no, I mean... <laughs> no, um... I just think that you're going to have to face some things in the past. You're going to have to. Now, I don't wake up with my father on my conscience. I rarely even think about the guy, you know. But the fact of the matter is, is that he wasn't there for me in some pivotal moments. And I'm really glad he wasn't. I'm really, really glad he, he's, he wasn't. And you know what? My youngest sister... She said two years ago, she's like, how come he never came back and said anything to us? I was like, well, maybe because he knows we won't take his bullshit and the other two would. Maybe because he's so disgusted by his antics, by never coming back before. So why is he going to come back now? And Then why would you even add me on Facebook and try coming into my life? You know what I mean? But I don't want to prove anything to him. 
I'm not going to go to my father and say, yeah, look at me now, father. Yeah, yeah, I'm this, I'm that. He already knows who I am. He already knows what I am. He knows this. What can I say? I have nothing to say to him. Why did you leave me? Why did you never come back? I, I'm happy he didn't come back. If he never come ba- came back, if he did come back, oh my goodness gracious. Honestly, I'd probably be a fuck up, if anything. Because guess what? When I was living with my dad, I was engaged in a lot of nasty ass activities. I really was. So it took me a year to shake off all of that too. Because by the time it came around to 2000, around June, I realized that my grades and everything were falling apart and that's not who I was. My father never looked after us. He never told us what was right from wrong. We were in badass neighborhoods. We were in badass schools and he did not give a damn. All he did was care about his drug addictions and his sorry ass girls. And so I am blessed that my father never came back. But I want you guys to think about it. Is there like a problem? And this is why we set out on these journeys. And this is why I urge so many people to travel. Because when you travel, you're going to come up against something. There was another guy by the name of Oak. Oak now flies with Jetstar. He was actually the manager at one of my favorite restaurants at Future Park Rangsit back in Patamtani, Thailand. And this man, he said... Arsenio, I want to tell you the story about Sedona, Arizona. And I said, okay, go on. He said, I went to one of the rocks. Do you know this rock? And it was a specific, you know, trail. And I said, yeah. He's like, you know what? I went there. I was depressed. I was so sad. And I, I, I was just yelling at this rock. I was like, please show me something. Show me the light. Show me something. I don't know what to do anymore. Of course, this is a Thai guy living in Sedona, Arizona. And he said through one of his chakras, I can't remember what chakra it was. Chakra basically, you know, the... The, the areas where we uh, inhibit a lot of energy, I guess you could say. It's still like a meditation stuff. You guys will have to read, uh, uh, read that online. I want to bring someone on my podcast to talk about it. Um, and he, he said he had such an unbelievable feeling come right through him. And, of course, if you guys think about uh, Sedona, Arizona, the, the Navajo, Cherokee, all these Native American Indians were in that area a very, very long time ago. And so there is a lot of spirituality around there. And a lot of people say that. And he said his life changed forever because at that specific moment, he says something came in him. And all that shroud of sheer depression and melancholy just completely melted away. And he was able to get hold of himself again. See, this is what. You know, when Dave, you know, he hit rock bottom just as we hit rock bottom, just as I was in the back of a taxi and thinking suicidal thoughts four years ago because I thought I I was just not enough. We all we have all been there. And so you got to go out and find yourself. And that's what I'm pleading you guys to do, because once you go out and find yourself. Nothing will ever be the same. You're going to realize how unique you are. And so that story, that story today, David Morrill's podcast, was definitely the best one. Of course, all of them are very, very unique in different ways. But David Morrill, he really hit a soft spot in me. So I do really urge you guys to listen to that podcast. Uh, if you haven't, uh, you've got to. And of course, I got the Will of Life podcast coming up tomorrow morning. But I really just wanted to do a short podcast on this because I thought... It was, what, it, it was the, of course, a podcast after the one I did today in terms of the interview. It's well-deserved. So, guys, with that being said, have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and evening. This is your host, Arsenio, as usual. Will of Life Podcast tomorrow morning. Over and
out.